Are you tired, mama? Tired of feeling like you have to resign yourself to either being a hot mess mom who's drowning in the chaos of motherhood or a Pinterest perfect mom who looks like she has it all together, but on the inside, she's really miserable. The world keeps telling us that these are the only options, but that is such a lie. You can get out of victim mode and you can make changes to bring more joy to your life. And at the same time, you can find freedom in remembering that you can't control everything and you can stop striving for perfection. I'm Mackenzie Tricola, and I'd love for you to join me every week here on the Practically Joyful Mom podcast to talk about realistic ways to bring more joy to your mom life and how to choose to be joyful even when it feels like the chaos is winning. We'll talk about intentional parenting, simplicity, faith in following Jesus, connecting with your kids, taking care of yourself, and so much more. Are you ready to leave hot mess mom and Pinterest perfect mom in the dust? Are you ready to choose to be a practically joyful mom? Then welcome in, friend. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, friends. I'm Mackenzie. Welcome back to Practically Joyful Mom. It is kind of hard to believe that we're coming almost to the end of 2020 already. And in other ways, it kind of feels like this year has lasted like a decade. So wherever you're at in feeling like this year has gone on forever or wow, how can it be that we're almost at the end of this? I just wanted to talk today for just a few minutes about ending our year well. And this is something I usually try to think about at the end of most years, but I feel like this year sort of especially important or especially meaningful to look back at this year. I really love at the end of the year taking time to look back over all that's gone on this year and kind of look forward to the next year. I really feel like reflection and intention and how we think shapes our lives and I think so much of that is the stories that we tell ourselves about our weeks about our years if you listen to episode three way back at the beginning one of the things I talked about that I do on a daily basis which is you know most days it doesn't mean it's every day but a thing that I try to do often is to just spend a few minutes at the end of the day reflecting back and recording my happiest moments of the day and so that doesn't mean that I just say there weren't stressful difficult moments it means that at the end of the day what I choose to focus on what I choose to cement in my memory from that day were those happiest moments of the day Um, in that episode I talked about this idea that we find what we're looking for and what we focus on grows so if we are looking for all the ways that it was a really stinky day we will find all of those things and then once we start to notice those we'll notice more we'll get to the end of the day and we'll feel like that was the worst day ever but if we are looking for some happy moments in our day that we're going to record at the end of the day if we're looking for them we'll find them and they may not be huge it might be a little smile that our kid gives us at lunch or it might be just the way our children play together without fighting for those five precious minutes or whatever it is if we're looking for those things we'll find them and then when we find one we'll see more and more and more and more and I think this principle I use this kind of on a day-to-day basis, but I think this principle can also apply to the year. Um, 
in that episode, I kind of shared the story of like, this is the worst day ever versus this was a great day. And it was with my six-year-old and we had a day and he said, oh, this was the worst day ever. And I asked him why he felt it was the worst day ever. And he told me all these things. And then I said, well, or we could look at the day and say, hey, this happened and this happened and this happened. It was actually a really great day. It depends on what our focus is and our perspective. And so I think that can also apply to our years. And I think we could really easily choose to call 2020 worst year ever, right? We could say this year was horrible. We've all had different circumstances. And I think no matter where you're at, no matter who you are, this has been a hard year. But worst year ever doesn't have to be the story of 2020 in our lives. We can have a year with hard things and not have this super negative view of like, oh, that was the worst year. That was just a throwaway. Nothing good came out of that. Um, I remember hearing this story somewhere and I wish I could remember where, but it was a story about like an elderly woman who was asked by someone, what was her favorite decade that she had lived through? You know, was it the fifties? Was it the forties, the thirties? I don't remember all the how old she was but her answer was kind of crazy she said her favorite time she lived through was the great depression and that sounds crazy but she said it was because of how people came together it was because of neighbors helping each other it was because of all these great things that came out of that hard time and I know 2020 has seen a lot of division, a lot of people not coming together. So maybe that's not exactly the story of this year for you. But I just thought that that story of this woman saying that the Great Depression was her favorite time she lived through because of the good that came out of extreme difficulty. And in no way am I saying that 2020 has to go down in history as your favorite year ever. But also, I want to challenge us all to not look at it as a wasted year or a worthless year. It has been a challenging year, a tragic year, a frustrating year, but it hasn't been wasted. There have been difficult things. There has been good that has come from those difficult things, and there have just been flat out good things. Just because a year has been full of a lot of hard doesn't mean that it's bad or wasted or worthless. So I think this year, more than most recent years, is an especially important year to spend some time reflecting, journaling, talking with someone, and processing this year, talking about the good, cementing the good and the wonderful things from this year in our minds, And also, I think, processing the difficult so that we can move forward and choose not to stay stuck in this worst year ever kind of narrative in our minds. So, usually at the end of the year, I kind of try to sit down and do something like this, where I kind of think through the year and ask myself some questions about the year that I, usually I like to journal. I'm a big, I really love writing things out. It helps me get my thoughts out, but if you just want to think it through, talk to someone. I do think writing it out is a wonderful way to do it because then you can look back at these things. So kind of like with a gratitude list or happiest moment of the day journal, this is kind of like 
looking back over your year instead of just looking back over a day. So today I just wanted to kind of share with you all some of the questions that I'm asking myself at the end of this year and some of my thoughts on those questions and then hopefully inspire you to sit down and journal it out or talk to someone and ask yourself these questions as well um, to end this year well and move into the next year in a good place. So here are just kind of a handful of the questions that I am asking myself that I am thinking through and journaling through. Um, So I will just kind of run through them and give you some of my answers, some of my examples to some of them, and hopefully that will get you started on doing this for yourself. So number one, first question, what were some of the things that brought you the most joy this year? And for me, when I sit down and think about this, I kind of think back to what were the things I wrote down a bunch in my happiest moment of the day journal. And I know this year, yes, has been hard. I have not enjoyed all of the changes of schedule, all of the, oh, now we're doing this, now we're doing this, now, now school's remote, now school's in person, now school's doing this, all the crazy things. But I have loved the extra time that I have gotten with my kids where we're not going to activities, we've had some time doing remote learning. I have really enjoyed that, having that extra time, not every minute of it, because sometimes they drive me crazy in the middle of the day, but overall I have loved getting the extra time with them and having that slower pace. There's less rushing out the door, fewer times in the day of me saying, come on and just hurry up and put on your shoes. We've had more time just reading together because we haven't always had to get up and be at school physically at a certain time. We've been able to just snuggle in the mornings. Um, I have loved so much the tea times that we've started doing this year just as a time to pause and enjoy time together. We've read so many great books together. Um, My husband and I started doing way back in March, April, Saturday night date night we were kind of already doing Saturday night date night but we started doing um escape room games if you've ever gone and done an escape room they also have like a it's in a box it's an escape room game in a box and we loved doing that so all of those things have really brought me a lot of joy this year and then question number two probably pretty easy for a lot of us to respond to well easy in a way but what are some of the hardest things this year and I think it's easy to respond to because there have been hard things, but it's not always easy to think through those hard things. For me, one of the hardest things this year has just been the lack of knowing what's going to happen. I really like to have things planned out. I really like to have things scheduled. I like to have my calendar organized and have a routine and a flow for our days. And this year it has felt like as soon as I got adjusted to something to a school schedule a work schedule something as soon as I felt like okay we've kind of got this down it changed and for me that has been one of the hardest things this constant change this constant not knowing what's coming next so to kind of tag along with that question number two is question three how did you grow through the hard and Definitely for me, this has been a year of realizing how much I am not in control. I want to say relinquishing control, but 
I really don't have control to begin with. So it's a year of, I've heard people say, it's not letting go of control, it's letting go of the illusion that you actually had control. And I think this has been a, a great year <laughs> for that, for me, of growing in this idea of, okay, God, here's kind of how I think the day is going to go or the week or the month, but I know that I'm not in control. I know that you are, and I know that you are, you know so much more than I do. I can trust you with these difficult things, um, trust you with not knowing what's coming or what's next. So that was question three, number four. Um, what things were especially frustrating or disappointing? And I think this is a lot like the what were some of the hardest things, but for me, this question I really kind of focus on the disappointing, the things that I feel like, but I wanted this and it didn't happen. I felt like this was how it was supposed to go and I didn't get the thing I wanted. And I think to me, this is sort of a different category. If you don't feel like they're different, that's fine. Lump them all together. I mean, do whatever you want to do with this. But things that were frustrating or disappointing, things where you didn't get what you wanted. And then question five kind of goes along with that. Like, how can you choose to trust God's good plans for your life, even when you're disappointed, even when you don't get what you wanted? Um... And I think it really comes back to this idea of bringing those things to God and saying, okay, God, I wanted this, but I believe that your plans for me are good, that you have a better plan for my life than I do, and I can't see the whole picture. I might not be able to see right now how he's using these things for good, and I may never, this side of heaven, be able to see how he's using these things for good. I might not know the whole story, but I can trust him. Uh, Romans 28, or 8, 28, excuse me, says, And we know that all things work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that doesn't mean that everything that happened this year was good, but it means that God can work those things for good in our lives. So I didn't love all the extra parenting challenges this year, but I think I grew in patience and in learning to have grace for my kids because there were so many times when one of them would have like an emotional meltdown and I kind of could like remember, oh yeah, remember yesterday when I had an emotional meltdown and I didn't want someone to give me a lecture or to tell me why I didn't need to be upset about something. We were all dealing with a lot of like under the surface emotions this year. And so I think it really helped me to remember, man, there are a lot of times when I've just kind of had a meltdown, broken down, whatever you want to call it. And I just needed some grace and I needed some love. And it's helped me to be able to do that for my family. And not saying that we don't give consequences, not saying that we just give them what they want because they pitched a fit. I'm not even saying we give them the, what they want, you know. Oh, you're crying because you want a juice box. I know it's 2020. Here's your juice box. That's not what I mean. But instead of, hey, why are you melting down about this? Why are you yelling? A hug and 
gentle words, I know you're upset, I know you're frustrated, I know things are hard, we're not having juice right now, but I can be with you and I get why you're having a hard time. So I think there's that difference of treating them with grace, not necessarily just giving in and giving them what they wanted, but treating them with grace because that's what I needed a lot of times this year. And so I think in a lot of ways, the me not getting the things I wanted, the disappointments, the frustrations that I had helped me to be more understanding of other people when they felt disappointed, when they felt upset, when they felt frustrated. Um, so these may look different for you. This is just kind of what I thought of when I asked myself these questions. And then the last two that I like to usually ask myself kind of go together and they're a little bit different. They're a little bit more looking forward in a sense and saying, okay, as I'm coming out of this year, there is nothing magical about January 1st, but it is a time when we can kind of just reflect back, but saying, as I'm coming out of this year and into a new one, what are some of the things, um, so this would be question number six, what are some of the things that are draining me or stressing me out that I can change? Some things we can't, and we'll talk about that in a second, but what are some of the things that are draining me or stressing me out that I can change? Most years I would say, oh, maybe it's a commitment you've made or, you know, an activity your kid isn't or something that's stressing you in that way. This year, there are a lot fewer of those things. So maybe that's not what it looks like for you. But maybe it's something that you've been holding yourself to some standard that maybe you need to adjust. You need to change that. So what is draining you or stressing you out that you can change? And then I think within that is to make a concrete action plan for a concrete action step not a 20-step plan but one thing that you can start one step you can do to start kind of clearing that out decluttering that from your life whatever this thing is that's draining you or stressing you out something that you can change and then number seven is what is draining you or stressing you out that you cannot remove from your life but how can you change how you approach it or what your perspective is on it? So an example for me, and this was from a few years back, I had a pretty long drive to work for a while. It was like between 30 and 45 minutes to get there and then about that long on the way home. And I had my kids with me. So, I mean, that was nice, at least that my kids were with me during the day having this long drive for a while didn't bug me at all and then I hit this point where it was it was really stressful it was draining me I felt frustrated about all this time just spent driving and two of the things that I talk about a lot on this podcast are our perspectives and our practices or the ways we think and the ways we act because our thoughts shape our attitudes and our actions and then those attitudes and actions shape our lives and so a few years back when I was asking myself this question, what's draining me or stressing me out that I can't remove from my life, but I can change how I'm viewing it or um, my approach to it. And so with this example of the long drive, I really kind of needed to sit down and say to myself, okay, instead of viewing this as like lost time in the day, how can I redeem this time? How can I 
use it and change it to view for myself that this car time is something actually good. And so it took me a little while to make the mental shift, but I was able to say, okay, this is actually time with my kids. At, at that point, I think I just had one. So this is time with my son. And we get to talk to each other. We get to have conversations that are pretty much, I'm not distracted. Well, distract, distracted by driving, but you know, there's no phone to pick up. There's no dishes to wash. There's no laundry. I could watch the road, be paying attention, and still talk with him, have a conversation with him, practice letters, practice numbers, talk, and enjoy our time together. And so I was able to make that shift of viewing it as quality time together instead of just lost time in our day. And then I also changed not just that perspective, but we also kind of made a, a change in the our practice or the what we did. And we started using it as like kind of a little bit of morning prayer time. We didn't pray the whole 45 minutes with my three-year-old, four-year-old at the time, but we would just pray a little bit together. And then I would spend some of that time just praying on my own. I was looking for where can I fit some prayer time into the day? And, and that worked. Um, if you listened to episode four, where I talked about the daily blessings or speaking life to my kids, that's actually where this started from is the blessing started as like a prayer for my son in the car during our car time together. So that's just one example of something that was draining me, that was stressing me out at that point in time. I couldn't change that thing, but I could change my perspective on it and I could change what I was doing during that time. So for you, that may look very different, but I do think this is something that's so helpful to say, what is something that's driving me crazy and I can't change it. Like we can't get rid of the need to wash dishes. It, if people live in your house, there's going to be dishes. But we can change our perspectives. We can change the way we do it. There are things we can change. We can listen to an audiobook. We can, you know, eat a piece of chocolate before you wash dishes. Or I don't know, whatever it looks like for you. But some sort of a perspective change or a change in how we do it. So those are the seven questions that I am asking myself at the end of this year and think that it would be good for you to reflect on these questions and you can come up with you know your own similar different questions so one more time I'll say them number one is what are some of the things that brought you the most joy this year number two what were some of the hardest things number three how did you grow through those hard things Four, what things were frustrating or disappointing? And then along with it, five, how can you choose to trust God's good plan for your life even with those disappointing things? Six, what is draining you or stressing you out that you can change? How can you make a concrete plan to change it now? And then seven, what is draining you or stressing you out that you can't remove from your life but you can make? A change in your perspective or in how you handle that thing. So I just want to invite all of us to take a little bit of time. It doesn't have to be hours and hours. It could be five minutes. It could be 30 if you miraculously have 30 minutes to yourself sometime um, to just sit down and spend some time thinking back over your year and 
I use this analogy, I think back in episode three, talking about the happiest moment of the day, but it's sort of like a gold miner where we're saying, okay, here's all the stuff from this year and we're shaking it through our little, I'm sure I don't know the right word, um, sifter, sieve for gold mining and all the sand and all the mud and all the grime falls through and we're left with these little gold nuggets joyful moments or growth that has come from hard things all these little gold nuggets that we can take and treasure at the end of this year even though it's been a really hard year we choose how we write the story of our own year we choose where our focus goes we choose what we take out of this year i hope you all have a really beautiful christmas Um, If you haven't already, go and listen to last week's episode. That would be episode 16, I think, about a practically joyful Christmas. And in the spirit of slowing down at Christmas, I won't be doing an episode next week on Christmas week, but I will be back after Christmas. So I hope you all have a great week next week that you're able to really just celebrate and slow down and enjoy this season. Thanks for listening today, friends. I hope this episode encouraged and inspired you. If it did, I'd love it if you would leave a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at practicallyjoyfulmom, or you can send me an email at practicallyjoyfulmom at gmail.com. So glad we got to share this time together today. Thanks for choosing joy with me, friends. 